Hi, welcome back or welcome if you're new here. This is the Relax It's Not That Bad podcast. We talk about mental health, share personal testimonies, and discuss the shit that really is that fucking bad. And today we have a special guest, Danny Diaz. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Danny. Um, that's really it. I'm just a person. <laughs> He's going to be my special guest for this episode and I will include his information in the description, just like last episode. And so, yeah, let's get into it. How do you, do you feel uh, this time of year has been affecting uh, the bipolar and, and the depression? I know uh, this type of, or this time of year is typically a very uh, a downtime for a lot of people, despite mm -hmm. a lot of the focus being centered around spending time with loved ones. Mm -hmm. It can still be a very, like, lonely time essentially i definitely like for me a lot of times it's like there's the moments where you know things are going good and you're able to like take a step back and be like oh this is really nice you know but then there's other times where even if i'm surrounded by friends even if i'm surrounded by family i still do feel just like really lonely and I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, even, even if you're in a room full of people, it's still just like, it just, like, I still feel isolated, you know? And I know that it's like me being in my own head and, you know, stuff like that. But for the most part, it's, the holidays are kind of like 50-50 for me, I would say. There's like, sometimes it's going really great and we're enjoying all the family activities, but then other times, you know, um, my, like I've told you in the past, I feel like my, my three major emotions that I work between is like either really fucking depressed, really fucking happy or really fucking angry. And so there are some times where I'm just like something small will happen and then I just start like raging inside and it's not significant enough to other people and but like to me in my brain it's like huge not not necessarily like triggers but it's huge things that just like like a, like a bomb goes off in my head and it's like oh now we're fucking pissed about that or if if i'm just like having like an okay day you know and i'm not putting on like this exaggeration of being happy and all this other stuff then it's like what's wrong what's wrong are you okay are you okay and then that starts like, like getting me pissed off because it's like, I was perfectly fucking fine. I was just vibing. I was just having like an okay day, but now I'm mad because you keep telling me, well, you seem like something's wrong. Are you sure you okay? And it's like, well, no, now, now I'm not. Now I'm fucking it's mad because poking the bear over yeah. And over. it's like, you won't shut up about it. And it's been like a weird thing for me to adapt to, to, like now that I know, hey, I have bipolar um, and I have filled family and friends in on that, it's weird to hear things, you know, like, oh, we, we enjoy you. We enjoy you now. Or it's nice to see that your anxiety isn't bad this trip or it's, it's good to see that um, you're able to relax more. It's like, I'm not actually relaxing and it's not that my anxiety has gotten better. It's just that I am trying not to 
have those big emotional moments because I've seen that it obviously makes people uncomfortable, right? And it's not like I'm going around being like, fuck you, you know, and just like raging and stuff like that. That's what's going on inside my head. What usually happens outwardly with people is, you know, I, I let things slide and I let it all pretty much just like pile up. And then once like the last straw is added, that's when it, I'm just like, okay, you're disrespecting my fucking boundaries, you know, and that's when I get more like forceful and that's when I get more um, like outspoken about my feelings. So then it seems like, at least from what I've understood on the outside perspective, it seems like I'm just having these bouts of anger randomly and like they're coming from nowhere. But for me, it's like, it's, it's been a buildup and it's been me taking shit and taking shit and taking shit. And I just like, can't take anymore. And then that's what happens. And so I'm, I'm right now, like one of the things that I'm working through in therapy is, um, standing up for myself in the moment instead of just like taking things and taking and just not saying anything. And then waiting for like that big explosion. I am working on when I am feeling uncomfortable at a certain time to say that, to say, Hey, you know what? I'm actually not comfortable with you saying things like that to me or, Hey, maybe let's not do that, you know, or, Hey, that was fucking rude. What you just said, you shouldn't speak to people like that, you know? And it sucks because with my friends or with my family, I'm really good. I'm really good at being like, you don't fucking speak to them like that. But with myself, I feel like I have to like hold myself to a higher standard and like be able to take more on the chin, you know? And I, I don't know why, but I'm working on, I'm, I'm, I'm working on just, you know, being able to say in this moment, you're pissing me off because that was rude as fuck what you did or what you said, you know, instead of just taking it and letting it build until I'm in that explosive moment. When you say for yourself, is that when, um, someone comes up to you and tells you something? Cause, uh, I like when you were saying, Oh, you seem like you have less anxiety this trip. It kind of seems like a very like backwards compliment in a, in a sense. It's like, they're trying to, you know, point something out that they feel is going better for you, but they don't have that connection to what you're feeling internally. So it can feel like you're being fucking rude right now. Like, what do you mean? I don't have that much anxiety. Is that all you focus on? Yeah, that's it. No, that's exactly what it feels like. And those are the moments where I like, I, I second guess myself a lot. And because I try to say, okay, are they actually like in my brain? I'm thinking like, are they actually being rude or am I just thinking that they're being rude, you know? And usually, usually like, well, no, yeah. Usually it, it, it is coming off in a rude way. You know, I feel like sometimes things can be worded differently and I feel like some people are just like so cut and dry with it and it's just like, oh, you look like you're less of a raging bitch this trip, you know? And that, cause that's what it comes off in my head when people are like, oh, you look like you're happier and more calmer this trip. When I hear in my head is you don't look like a, you're, you're not acting like a fucking cunt this trip, you know? And it's just like, I don't think, I think a lot of times people don't realize how things that they say come across to people 
sometimes, especially if they don't understand mental health or they've never had to worry about mental health issues. Um, I think it's definitely something that people just like, to them, it's not rude. They're not being rude. And they, like you said, you know, to them, it's like, Hey, you know, they're, they're trying to point out something positive and something good that they've noticed, but it doesn't always come across that way because, you know, it's like, for me at least, it's not that my anxiety has gotten better. It's just that I'm trying to not speak about it and just like disguise it as good as I can for the betterment of the environment around me, you know? And then at the end of the night, I'll wait and go sit on the back porch and just be like, <sighs> you know, and like, I'm just like full of rage and I'm just like, oh my fucking God, get me the fuck out of here, you know? And then I go to sleep, I wake up, it's just wash, rinse and repeat. Well, you brought up being mindful when uh, you would approach someone. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think if I'm understanding it correctly, it would be like if you had a friend that was going through a hard time, mm -hmm. you would be a little bit more mindful of how you speak to them because you being in your unique position, you can understand what it's like when someone goes up to you and tells you like, oh, well, you're, you're smiling today. Yeah. And that you hearing that yourself can feel very like, well, what do you mean by that? You yeah. know, and you start to really race in your own head, trying to figure out, um, you know, what was their intention? What was the yeah. meaning? Or like, what, how was I acting it? before that made them say something like that? I, I think, well, really, in, in my experience with being bipolar, bipolar requires a lot of mindfulness mm -hmm. uh, from yourself and to yourself. So uh, there's times, too, where I'll hear someone say something to me. And the way I receive it, it it's kind of like, you know, there's like a little like opening that just flows around in my emotions. And when a certain word comes in and hits that opening at the right time, it'll start to like mess things up a bit where yeah. I feel like, was that something where you're condescending? Are you trying to make fun of me? Are you being rude? Are, are you trying to start an argument? Are you mad at me? And the mindfulness comes in when you start to really have to spend some time thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it requires the conversation to take a little bit of a pause so you can actually process like, okay, we were just having a really good conversation. Maybe they didn't mean it that Yeah, like way. what about that upset me? Like why, why am I getting upset by what they're saying? And it, it's very complicated with bipolar because you have... Uh, you really feel emotions a lot more intensely. Yeah. It's it's not the same really as just like, oh, well, I just feel sad. It's like... It's like the, the depth I'm, I'm of sadness. I'm living in sadness because like that's all my mind can jump to right now. Yeah. So it's pretty simple to enter a path with bipolar where you just start to spiral. Mm -hmm. Every time you hear someone tell you something and you don't really understand what context it's in. Yep. So and it does require a lot of that mindfulness of being able to slow down and really wrestle with your emotions for a little bit. Yeah. And then turn that wrestle into a dance and say, you know what? Like, this wasn't anger because I understand what anger feels like. They're not mad at me because read the situation that we're yeah. in. Like, we're out at the park going for a walk, like, enjoying some coffee. If or they tea. were mad, we wouldn't like, be here. Like, it, it's okay to to talk yourself through these things yeah. rather than jumping straight to uh, the immediate like, okay, this is the worst option. This is the one that I'm going to go with. Mm -hmm. That's typically what being bipolar leads to is you end up taking, 
you know, the worst answer, the worst yeah. possibility, and you make that the reality that, mm -hmm. that you're living in. And it, it's difficult because it can become a habit that becomes like second nature. Yeah. It, it's what you start to jump to immediately, which is difficult because, again, you're just stuck in a cycle of not being able to analyze what you're feeling, not being able to actually listen to the words, not just hear something and then your heart starts beating like crazy because you, yeah. you start to think they're challenging me, they're telling me something, yeah. they're, they're mad at me. And sometimes like they might be stressed out too and you can feel that in their emotion when mm -hmm. they're talking to you. But, you know, just being mindful and slowing it down and, and really um, turning that wrestle with, an emo with your emotions into more of a dance and being able to understand like, okay, that was just me that yeah. took it that way. Um, sometimes you have to check yourself, especially when you're bipolar because it's so easy to just jump to something yeah. and jump to an automatic assumption because... It, it really reflects how you feel. Yeah. Uh, the, a lot of times when you're sad or, or you have a lot of guilt and anger, when you hear something, it's like you, you start getting in a bad mood and it's yeah. like, well, you, you're really showing yourself how you feel. Yeah. And in that moment, if, if you feel upset about something they, they, they someone told you, it could be something really simple mm -hmm. where they didn't, it didn't come from a point of anger. So you have to really slow yourself down and, and think, well, why did hearing this make me become yeah. upset? Not why did that word make me upset? It's yeah. why did the anger just start to boil suddenly just because someone asked me like, oh, how's this going? Yeah. Like, well, obviously they should know that I'm not doing well, but it's like, well, do they really like that? Yeah. Sometimes people want to hear how you're feeling like genuinely in that moment rather than what you're posting on Instagram or, mm -hmm. or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So I, I feel like a lot of times... I'm definitely, so on two things. So one with the, um, like taking a step back and looking, you know, and saying like, okay, like why, why am I feeling like this? And, you know, recognizing that I feel like I do that a lot with really big, uh, really big events that happen, you know, um, one of, I know one thing that bothers people a lot with me is that I used to be a very in the moment reactive person and I have learned over time that I'm the kind of person who needs to take some time to process things um, or I get myself in trouble I say things that I can't take back you know I'm a very mean person when I am just in that stage of just like spiraling rage and so one thing that helps me keep my relationships but still enforce boundaries is taking that time. Um, and so like if I, for example, like if I have a fight with somebody, you know, and it's, it's pretty significant, I'll take three or four days where I just, it's, to them it's like radio silence. But for me it's like I cannot speak to you and especially if I, if I intend to keep my relationship, whatever it is with you, I cannot speak to you in this moment because I am trying to get a hold of these big mass and feelings that I'm having. I'm trying to get control of them. I'm trying to rein it in, you know, and, um, it takes me a couple days to just process everything. And then I can go back and approach the situation with a level head, you know, and things like that. Like, and it's, with people that I'm not super, super close with, like 
with my husband. What I'm feeling, I can say what I'm feeling. And I just, I have that level of comfort with him where it's like, I know I can tell him, hey, for some reason, when you brought this up, I immediately started thinking of this, you know, and then he'll have that conversation with me and he'll be like, oh, okay, you know, and like, he's my husband, you know, so he's like, obviously there to support and stuff like that. But I can't always do that with a lot of people. So then I, that's usually what leads to me just like letting things pile up, you know? And so I definitely am the kind of person who has to take my time. Um, but then also number two, you know, when you were talking about people asking how you're doing and stuff like that on one of my episodes, I was talking about how during my pregnancy, with my daughter, I legitimately like wanted to fucking die. It was like probably the lowest time I've ever had in my entire life. And that's through foster care, you know, through being adopted the second time through everything that my pregnancy with my daughter was, I was at my ass and had nothing to do with my pregnancy, but everything to do with things that were going on during my pregnancy. It's just the circumstance that you were in with the pregnancy. and Yeah. And I just was like, I would literally tell people, Hey, I like when they would sit me down and say, Hey, how are you doing? You know? And I would, I would look at them and be like, I don't want to fucking be here, you know? And it was always just, Oh, well, you know, the hormones and you know, once you're not pregnant, it, it, you'll feel so much better. And it's probably different because you're having a girl now and you're just, you're super hormonal. And I was struggling with ways to tell them this has absolutely nothing to do with my pregnancy and everything to do with the fact that I want to fucking kill myself, you know? And because it even, even after my pregnancy, it continued, you know, for about three or four months. And so then whenever I was talking about it on the podcast, you know, so many people were like, well, we had no idea. We had no idea you were going through that. And I think it was because I joke around a lot when I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just going to go drive my car off a bridge or whatever. And so I think when I was telling them, yeah, no, I'm not doing good. I actually want to fucking kill myself. That it maybe just like wasn't taken seriously because a lot of times I try not to take my mental health too seriously, you know? And so they really didn't know. They didn't know like how severe it was and like how serious I actually was because I play off my mental health all the time and you know I joke about it and because I have the belief that like if you can't laugh at yourself you know like like what are you doing you know you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad and it's a part of you so you might as well just like let it be you you know there's times where you definitely have to learn to to laugh at yourself and and to not take yourself so seriously. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's <clears throat> a lot of downside that can come to it, though, um, because what what you consume really, you know, does a lot to you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just talking about, well, like, oh, well, I eat healthy and this and that. It, it's really like so many people spend so much time on their phone. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. what are you exposing yourself to? Because that's going to start driving a lot about the way you think, the way you feel. Yeah. Uh, I was going through my phone not too long ago because I had like 15,000 pictures and I thought there's no reason for me to have 
this many. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were memes, and a lot of them specifically were in the time frame of when I was going through, you know, that really tough time that I was mm -hmm. going through. And a lot of those memes were joking about suicide, joking about like, oh, this went wrong. I guess I'm just going to kill myself or, mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And at the time I saw that I like saved it. And I was like, this is funny because I can relate. Mm -hmm. And then looking at it recently, I was like, you know, I thought it was funny because I could relate, but seeing that I related to it, I, I wasn't, I was ignoring how I was feeling. Yeah, too. It's actually sad that you can relate to it because I would look at that same meme and I'm like, well, this really isn't funny in the same sense anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it, it just, it, it kind of made me sad that I found like so much comfort in all these jokes about killing myself. Mm -hmm. And then one, I tried to, two, I constantly thought about it still. Mm -hmm. And every time I would get on my phone or every time I would like get on Facebook or social media, so much of that content was centered around yeah. joking about killing myself or like, oh, I want to like bungee jump, but make it wireless. And it's yeah. like really funny at the time that I saw that. And then I'm like, well, now I'm looking at things and I make reference to that bungee jump joke, but I'm ignoring what, what the root of it is. And yeah. it, it's me wanting to hurt myself. Yeah. All because it's it's a meme, so it's funny, so it tones it down. Yeah. And we start sharing these things, and people will just ignore it because it's like, oh, it's just a meme. Like, he's, yeah. he's joking around. But really, you start to see that person's, like, true feelings when they start sharing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've seen friends from the military start doing that. Mm-hmm. And now that I see that, I'm like, okay, well next if i keep seeing this i'm gonna reach out to them yeah because sometimes they'll share a joke and it might have a little like seasoning of like like a suicidal joke in there or something or sometimes it's really just not that serious what they refer to however i don't know what their intention is when they're sharing yeah. that stuff or how exactly they relate to it so it, it eventually stops becoming a joke and yeah. it starts becoming like a very like complicated cry for help because you're you're there's it's easier to do when when it's in the format of a joke yeah or in the format of an image rather than being able to go up to someone and be like well i need help yeah and then sometimes you can be like well i was sharing all these memes how did you not pick up on it mm -hmm. and it's like well how do people know what the right or wrong way to approach this stuff yeah. is and like what you were saying with your pregnancy um, it could have been a difficult thing for people to hear. So they're like, no, no, that's not true. That can't be cast. Your hormones, yeah. you're pregnant. Like, I obviously, like, you know, you're not in a, in a stable position because you're carrying around new life in you. And, yeah. it, it, and it is pulling from your resources. So people would more than likely, like they did, just have jumped to that because yeah. they didn't want to face what you were feeling. Or it's easy to ignore yeah. when, it's, when it's not about you in, yeah. in that sense. I feel like that is definitely one thing and one thing that social media I feel like has actually pushed a lot is this whole um I guess like belief that if it doesn't directly affect you then it doesn't matter so then people just don't give a shit and so when you're trying to talk about um like mental health that's a perfect example you know trying to um, talk about the severity of it 
because I agree. I feel like over the past at least decade, it's like mental health has just become one giant joke to everybody and nobody's actually realizing the detrimental effects that it has on people in their everyday lives and the fact that nobody takes it seriously or people are um, misrepresenting mental health, especially certain um, different disorders and stuff like that. You know, like I don't have um, um, borderline personality disorder, you know, and so I learn about it from my friends. And then I'll see a video on TikTok of some complete stranger that's like, oh yeah, I have BPD and the, like the symptoms are nothing like what I've seen my friends have, you know, or what they've spoken to me about and been like, this is my experience with BPD, you know, and with a lot of my friends, they have the similar things. It just affects them in different ways. So then I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, well, how much of social media is misrepresenting mental health disorders to the point that a they're no longer being taken seriously b everyone is self-diagnosing and they're like oh well i i have that i i do all of that and it's like you can do things within moderation and have you know small symptoms within moderation and not actually have that mental health disorder um or c it's just it gets turned into a giant joke and it's misrepresented. And so people start thinking, oh, well, you don't actually have that because everyone says that they have that, you know, like with the whole ADHD thing, I feel like there was a whole wave of people that just came out and it's like, we all have ADHD. And then there was getting advertised a lot for, yeah. And then there was the, um, there was the autism wave. All of a sudden, everyone was autistic because they had different quirks, you know, or <clears throat> different things that they were hyper-focused on. Um, and then there was, like, the OCD wave. And I feel like right now it's the BPD wave. And I feel like social media simultaneously has said mental health is a fucking joke. But also, you're cool and quirky if you have mental health disorders. And being somebody who has several of them, for me, I'm like, I really fucking wish I didn't have to deal with this shit, you know? And I feel like trying to get people to understand um, how seriously it affects my day-to-day life is really hard because it's either, well, everyone says that they have PTSD or it's just like, it's just not taken seriously. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, well, that's why you do this, you know, and it's like. What what does it being taken seriously translate to you? Like, if you were to go up to some, two people mm-hmm. and tell them I have bipolar and I have PTSD, um, I think you've shown us how people don't take it seriously, mm-hmm. but what would someone taking it seriously look like to you, like ideally? For me, and I think it's different for everybody. But for me, I think the willingness to understand, the willingness to learn more, to have that open mind and to say, now I know your experience with it. So when one of my friends gets gets diagnosed, I can listen to them. 
I can have a better understanding and I can be somebody for them who they can go to and say, hey, you know, like I'm having a, a rough day and there's no shame around it. For me, somebody taking it seriously would be open and supportive to their friends and family and no longer be the person who takes it all as a joke and understand that some people can have a mental health disorder and they can be bright and happy and bubbly people and you know they can they can have that kind of relationship with themselves but then there are other people who are trying to work through their stuff with their disorders or whatever and so they need somebody who is going to say hey you know like I'm not gonna sit here and make fucked up jokes about your mental health at your expense let's talk about it you know let's like for example I have friends right where if I bring up anything with being bipolar it's either oh, that explains so much of all the shit that you do. And it's like things that are incredibly embarrassing for me that I'm like, ah, ha, ha, right, you know? But then there's people like you where I can say, hey, you know, this is what I'm experiencing. And you're not going to come at a place of like, oh, it's not that serious, relax. Or you're not going to, you're not going to shame me for it. You're not going to make me feel embarrassed. You're not going to make me feel like what I'm going through is minimal. You know, I feel like there are people out there who have that outlook of like, well, yeah, you had depression, but there's people being murdered over here. You know, that's kind of more important. I don't feel like you have that outlook. I feel like you are very level headed. You have like equal amounts of live with this, but then also don't let this be all that you are. You know, like there's so much more to you than just your mental health. That's the vibe I get from you. And with some people, I feel like they either, they just don't take it seriously and they just act like it doesn't exist or they act like that is all that you are, you know? And that's, most of the time that's the easiest thing to do is ignore the problem or just highlight it and label you just as, yeah. okay, well, Cass is bipolar, so maybe don't invite her to the barbecue. Yeah. Or, you know, like, well, they're bipolar, like, so the fuck what? And sometimes, honestly, like, I'll, I'll even, I'll talk, I'll tell myself that, like, oh, but you're bipolar, Dan. I'll be like, so what? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why should that stop me from being able to do things? Yeah. Um, it has before. And that was a very difficult thing to go through. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that I don't recognize the bipolar that I have or anything else like that. But sometimes I will say, well, like, genuinely, what is this? Yeah. And why does this one thing get to prevent me from falling in love with someone? Mm-hmm. Or hanging out with friends or going to like a national park that I've always wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And it it really doesn't and it shouldn't, but for some people it does because it's made out to be that way. Yeah. Um, I feel like after a certain amount of time, if you're mostly surrounded by people who only identify you as your mental health disorder, 
it can be very, very hard to go against the grain of that and become very easy to say, you know what? Yeah, I am. I am crazy. You're right. And get in your own head and be like, I'm not deserving of this. I'm not worthy of this. I don't deserve to find happiness and joy and stuff like that because your environment is telling you all of this and you just over time slowly start to believe it. And I feel like there's, there should be a very healthy balance of, you know, I do have bipolar, I do have depression and stuff like that, like recognizing it, but not letting it take over, take you over completely. And I feel like I still like battle with that. It it, it changes day to day. Some days I feel like I've got a really good hold on things and I'm on top of the world. And then some days I feel like it's controlling my every thought, my every move. And it just like, like I feel paralyzed in my own body, you know? And it's like, it's, it's a struggle for me, you know? And, but I, I definitely feel like if you, if you are in an environment where when you tell people that you're struggling with something and they say, gotcha. And that's what they label you as. And that's how they always identify you as. And, you know, when, when they bring it up, it's like, well, that's my crazy friend, you know? And stuff like that, I feel like that definitely plays into how you're thinking about yourself because that's your support system, you know? So if your support system is calling you a crazy bitch and you just start thinking, you're a crazy bitch, you know, I feel like there's definitely a lot of correlation with that. It also might be time to find a different Yeah, system. and that, and that can be hard. I've, I've talked with friends about, you know, it's just last night I was talking to one of my friends about how when you're in this bubble that may not make you feel good, but you're comfortable here because it's not new and you know the routine of it, it's really hard um, to get out of that. It's really hard to say, "Mm, I'm going to pop this bubble for some people. At least some people can just say, yeah, peace out. Fuck all of you. You know, I am like 50, 50 on that. Sometimes I have the ability to just like cut the cord, never speak again. I have no issues with that. But then other times I feel like I'm just like in a whirlwind and I, I can't get out of it, you know? And I feel like it's, it's really hard to take a step back and say, you know what, like, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe they're just fucking assholes and I need to move on, you know? And I'm slowly starting to do that, I feel like. Um, definitely over, I think probably like the past two, three years, I have just started not necessarily, you know, cutting ties with people, but definitely taking a step back from different relationships because it's like, I can't be my healthiest version of myself around this person, you know, and it's not necessarily that they did anything wrong, but when you've got people that are like making jokes at your expense or making you feel like you're beneath them or making you feel like you are less deserving or less of a person 
than they are, you know, it's like that can really get in your head and then you start comparing and it's like, okay, well, what are they doing that I'm not? And I'm slowly learning that the genuine people in my life love me for all parts of me, not just the happy, outgoing, really loud, really fun cast. They love all of it, you know? And so I'm allowed to have those days where I'm like, so happy that you're like rocking and vibing and having a really good time. Like I'm, I'm still having a good time. I'm just not like outwardly showing it because simultaneously I am also just feeling blah, you know? And do you think about these things like the love people have for you when you look at someone and compare yourself to like, oh, like they're happy. Like, no, it's always after the fact I, I struggle with like in the moment. Things like that. So in the moment when you compare to yourself to someone, what what are you feeling? I'm just, it's almost like, it's almost envy. It, well, no, that that is what, it's not almost envy. It is envy because it's like, I, I wish that I could just feel your happiness in this moment, you know? Because it's like, you see how people have these, like, you're experiencing the same thing. But their moment is full of joy and happiness. And then my moment is what the heck is going on? You know, like I, I don't have any emotions here, you know? And so it feels very much just like, it, it just, it's envy. It's like, I want, I want to have that happiness. I want to experience that. And then I start like, dogpiling on myself and it's like what is so fucking wrong with you that you can't be joyous and happy in this moment how how they are that you can't enjoy and live in this moment and have it be a good time and a good memory that you look back on the same way that it is for them you know and then I'll go home and then I'll be like well I did enjoy that moment I just wasn't like overjoyed by it but it is a good memory that I look back on and I was having fun. I just wasn't putting on the show of like, yay, this is so fun. You don't always have to put on that show. Um, I mean, when I was in the Navy, I uh, we would do our evaluations every mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And I remember while I was working on mine, um, for a second it described me that they like liked my attitude and my personality, not because I was a downer, but... A lot of times, um, they'd be like, you were like one of the most serious, unserious people we've ever interacted with because when it would come to work, you would just be like, okay, well, what needs to be done? And we tell you, you're like, okay, bye. And then you go do it. But then while you're doing it, you're like finding ways to like have your people like enjoy what they're doing Mm -hmm. or like you joke about things in a way that, or like, well, that's just you know, Diaz being Diaz and, and doing his thing. And sometimes I would come across, because I, I worked for an admiral, mm-hmm. and I would come across, like, a lot of high-ranking people, and they would be like, well, yeah, that guy's just a down there. Like, no, he's just, like, he's just focused. He's just doing what yeah. he's doing. Like, just because he's not, like, you know, licking your boots because you're you're a two-star doesn't mean that he's not, like, there to support you and there to, like, do the work that you need him to do. Mm-hmm. And... While they were talking about my evaluation, they were like, don't feel like you need to change 
the way that people are looking at you just so you can make them comfortable. They're like, yeah, obviously, like your personality, who you are is bringing you all this success. You accomplish whatever mission we give you, you accomplish every task that we give you. But don't feel like you need to be like, oh, hi, like, how's it going? I'm here to like, if that's just not yeah. you, then that's, that's not you. Yeah, and I, that is something that I'm slowly getting better at. Um, I've had a lot of people, especially since starting the podcast, that is like when parts of my personality are coming out, you know, that's what people respond to. And they're like, oh, it's so good to like just see like the see natural you. Yeah, it's good genuinely to, to see you. And and it's it's you, you need to really like see yourself as well i know and and and, and have that same admiration about those things about yourself that that people have about you because obviously it brings light to them and if they're telling you like oh well we love when we get to see like your personality come out we love when we get to see like what's really underneath yeah all this flesh like actually come out and 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 live and and express itself and and be like what you are yeah and when, when we're so focused on, well, this person can, like, have such a good time, like, in this moment. Well, yeah, that that's that's them. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of times where I'm hanging out with people and I'm having a good time. However, I'm not jumping up on tables. Yeah. Or I'm not screaming and shouting and doing all this stuff. But I still feel that warmth in my heart. I still mm-hmm. feel uh, the joy of, of being with all my friends. I'm just expressing it differently. Yeah. Everyone expresses their emotions differently like it would be a really boring world if there was a standard of how to express the things you feel and how to live life a certain way because then it's it there's there's no there's no fun in it you don't you don't get to explore you don't you don't get to discover new things you don't Mm -hmm. get to understand like or have your own identity yeah I definitely feel like I'm I'm slowly starting to realize that me as I am without all the hustle and bustle and pizzazz, you know, like I still, there's still fun parts of me, you know, and like, I don't have to be this, I love my life and I'm going to shut it from the rooftops kind of person. I can just exist as I am, still have a support system, still have people that are like, Hey, we like, we really love being around you. We really love hanging out with you and, you know, stuff like that. And especially this trip, I definitely have been working really hard on not putting on this show of, you know, the cast that goes and like is so fun and so like so outwardly overly happy, you know, and I've noticed that my friends are just like, uh, we still want you to come to the party, you know, and I'm able to just like exist and have fun and not the fake cast, not the one that, you know, just is like, we're all going to just be so crazy happy all the time and have so much fun. Like I'm still a fun person, even though I'm, I'm not like jumping for joy all the time, you know? And it's been nice this trip to see that as I'm starting to get comfortable with myself as I am, the love from my friends hasn't changed, you know? And I feel like it's one of those things where they notice it and they see it. So 
me just being comfortable with it now, they're like, I feel like it's almost like a, finally, you know, like we knew that you'd come around eventually and you would just be yourself, you know? And that's, like I said, that's one of the number one things that I get feedback on is when people watch my episodes and they're not just listening to the story, but like watching me, you know, or paying attention to my personality and who I am, getting that feedback of, you know, like it's, it's so good to see your personality come through. And, you know, this is the cast that we all know and love. And it makes me feel better. It makes me feel like, okay, so, you know, I don't have to pretend to be this like outgoing crazy person all the time because actually I am like I'm the kind of person where it's like I prefer to sit at home you know and be in be in my own comfort space and stuff like that I'm not a big like going places person but I feel like that's something that a lot of people just assume based off of like what they see on the internet and everything like that but the internet's a the internet is a fucking lie that you only put what you want people to see yeah um i mean i love thinking about the the pictures people decide to post Mm -hmm. because it's always the best one out of the 50 that they took and they have to pick the right one because this is going to get you know the most interactions Mm mm-hmm it all starts to become a very forward subconscious uh, mindset because you, you you just start thinking and thinking and thinking mm-hmm. and thinking and it's you're no longer experiencing you're just thinking and you're yeah. thinking about I posted this well I want so and so to see it I want this person to see it specifically I want this person to see me because I think they think that I look good or I want this person to see that see it because I want them to know that I'm having a good time without them and life just becomes so like subconsciously driven and we're just we're so focused on our thoughts like you're experiencing life as as thoughts about stuff that you don't even know is is actually going on or not yeah and like I feel like it's so hard to break that to get out of that, especially for our generation, because we grew up in the age of like all this new shit coming out Um, as far as like electronics go. And then the Internet, like I feel like the Internet over the past 10 years has just like taken a massive boom and it's just grown insanely quick. And now I feel like I'm at a point where. I just don't give a fuck about any of it. I'm just like, whatever, this is my weirdo self. These are things that make me happy. Get over it, you know? And it's not, it's it's just not something I take so seriously anymore, you know? And it's really nice to just be able to take pictures of things that I like, of moments in time that I enjoy looking back on or moments in time where I'm like, this is, this is a really good time and I want to remember it, you know, and I don't have to give a fuck if it's blurry or not, you know, like I'm going to fucking post it and you're either going to like it or you fucking don't. And I'm not going to give a shit about it because I I don't care if you think I'm miserable or if you think I'm happy. I'm, I'm just me, you know, and I know how I'm feeling and I know the things that I'm dealing with and stuff like that. And this is what brings me happiness. 
So uh, that's what I'm going to do because you're living your life. I'm living my life. I like, I, I, I just don't, I'm at the point now where I'm just, I'm not letting it really affect me, you know? And I was just talking to, um, one of my friends who was saying, you know, with all of this stuff, don't let it dictate how you present yourself online as far as like the podcast goes. Like, don't let it change you and like your weirdness and, you know, your individuality. This isn't something that has to end up like every other podcast you see out there where it's super professional or, you know, they don't cuss or they don't talk about taboo subjects, you know, or embarrassing things. Like, this is you. Just be you, you know? And I feel like I've now gotten to the point where I can do that. I can just be me, you know? And people are going to enjoy it. And so far, I mean, it's been pretty good feedback. I mean, minus a couple people that think that I shouldn't talk about it's okay. certain not, things. Not everyone, like, there's yeah, 7 like, billion people in the world to, not to everyone, think that it, everyone's going to be like totally loved what you talked about yeah. is, is kind of silly. Yeah, so but like okay. now, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I've got a good space. I feel like I've got a good space where I can be a weirdo. I can have other fellow weirdos and there's not that massive layer of judgment and shame and like you shouldn't be posting this on the internet because it there's no aesthetic to it. I don't give a fuck. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Anyone who has willingly been a part of this community knows at this point, oh, well, this, this is just how she talks or yeah, she talks about uncomfortable things, you know, and they obviously, obviously are fine with it, you know, if they're still here. So I just, I don't take it seriously anymore. And like I was saying with my friend talking about, um, letting, you know, the internet change who you, like, who you are and your individuality and everything. The same thing goes with, like, how, how I do things with the podcast and stuff. So, obviously, there's, like, algorithms and stuff like that, right? And the most that I do is I post on Spotify in the mornings because that's the best time to post. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a specific time, but in my head, I'm like, well, if it's in the morning... At some point, it'll get pushed out there, you know, and then I post in the evenings for YouTube and that's about it. Other than that, I don't try to fit a mold, you know, some people try to make their videos cater. So you're talking about not fitting a mold with, with the podcast, but when it comes to you, Cassie, earlier you were talking about having to fit a mold. Mm-hmm. Well, see, why, why is, why, what's, what's the difference? I don't know. And like, it's okay. That's why I said it's a battle. It's a battle every day because I am like fighting my own thoughts of trying to fit the mold. I'm, I'm fighting my own thoughts of, well, what, you should... what's, what's the, the, the mold even? Do you, do you even know what you're trying to shape yourself into? With, with I think this? just like, I guess like how, how I present myself to people, like, I, okay. Yes, but not, not just how you present yourself to people, but the mold. With the podcast you were describing, 
professional mm-hmm. um, you know algorithms and it has to follow a certain way so that's what that mold looks like but the one that you feel like you're trying to put yourself in as a person do, do you know what that looks like do you know what expectation that you might be setting on yourself to to live up to or, or fit into? Yeah, I feel a lot of it has to do with this is what I should look like. This is what I should be doing. Based because off what? Based off of just like what I see like amongst my friends or amongst my family. It's, you're comparing again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, I, that's why I said earlier, like I'm working on that in therapy and I feel like I'm slowly getting better at it. But do, do you feel like you have to put that word slowly in every time you talk about the progress that you're making? I don't need to know that it's happening slowly. You don't need to constantly tell yourself, oh, it's, it's happening slowly. It, it's silly because we, we, we don't realize how often we talk to ourselves negatively. Yeah. But when it comes to like uh, kids are a good example, like imagine having, well, you have children. For me, it would be like if I had a kid and I told them like, bro, like, you're ugly or like you're dumb like like for what reason am I am I telling them that yeah and it by saying slowly doesn't sound like a big deal but you're starting to slow down the way you look at your progress yeah um it doesn't have to be on a timeline so slowly doesn't matter because there's there's not a date that you have on a calendar that says uh July 30 30th or whatever I have to feel better yeah uh June 7th like no more bipolar so like the slowly doesn't matter yeah so it's okay to remove it and it's okay to honestly see like I'm making progress and that's it actually start believing it and and living yeah and and seeing it in a positive light I I definitely again that is something working on in therapy because even my therapist is like what like what do you see good about yourself? You know, like well, what do you see good about yourself? Well, I I know I know that I'm a good wife and I know that I'm a good mom. And I know for the most part I'm a good friend, you know? But like I was saying get, earlier, get the, like get get rid of the butt. It, I'm, I'm not I didn't I didn't the question wasn't what, <laughs> what do you see good about yourself except it was what what do you see good about yourself? There, there doesn't need to be a, a butt in there. It, it's not like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a really good mom, but I have a throat tattoo. Like, no, you're, you're a really good mom. You're a really good friend. It, I, I'm not going to say, Cass, like, you were there in a very crucial moment in my life that actually helped save my life. But, girl, get it together. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah. So when, when you're talking about the good in you, get rid of the butts. Oh, yeah, that's so hard. That's, oh my gosh, that is that is something I I struggle with a lot, a lot. It is definitely not easy for me to see myself in a good light, and I don't I don't know where that stemmed from. So I don't know, I I I don't know where that comes from, and it's I don't know. It's just something that I do, and I'm working on it. That's it. Not slowly. I'm just working on it. And I'll get better. <laughs> Over time, I'll get you're, better. You're getting better. Thanks. It, it's, it's challenging because you've been around for 26, 25 years. You 26 know, con- long, excruciating, you know, I'm, I'm not sure when, when your first memory, <laughs> like, 
we I don't know when like your consciousness introduced itself into this existence and you started thinking, but that's a really long time to break mm -hmm. a habit. Twenty plus years of of speaking a certain way. Yeah. And then with the childhood that you had, you also need to understand that there there's nothing wrong with you. There there, there is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Even if you say I'm bipolar, there is nothing wrong with you. The stuff that you went through and the way you were treated has nothing to do with who you are. I feel this is like that um, Goodwill hunting moment where he's like, it's not your fault. He's well, like, what? Well, he's like, not. it's not your fault. It, it, it's really not. And, and you can't hold yourself responsible for the way these people treated you and the way that they acted. And you can't hold yourself responsible for stuff that you couldn't prevent based off of their choices and their actions. Logically, I know that. Yes, but realistically, start thinking that. Start <laughs> knowing that. All that work really needs to be done in, in your own heart. Mm -hmm. a, a really big, like, buzz with, like, oh, like, to me, I hear I hear the phrase mental health, and I'm like, it almost annoys me because it's like I anytime I, I don't really use social media that much mm -hmm. in, in the same sense as I used to. But I, I'll hear these buzzwords like, oh, you have to do shadow work. You have to like, this is my mental health routine. And like, it's a sponsored ad by someone trying yeah. to sell me something that's going to make my life better. And I heard the words mental health or depression. And I start thinking, well, if I buy this product, it's just going to make me feel better. But no. It's no, not. I'm so glad I, I'm not the only one who sees who sees things like that. When I see videos like that and it's like, oh, it's a better health a better better help ad or whatever whatever that fucking like online thing is. Or it's an ad for you to take a survey so that you can see like what symptoms you have for what mental illness and all this other stuff. I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck? You know? And it goes back to I think that like the internet and social media plays a lot in how people it, it, it definitely does perceive things. Um, and and going back to the whole like buzzword thing, um, one that I hear a lot now is, "Oh, this healing journey." I'm yeah. on, I'm I'm on a healing journey, and it, it's good if if you know if that's a way for you to translate you know what you are putting your focus on which in most cases is your health mm -hmm. and the betterment of your health and the betterment of the relationship with yourself but you know what where, where does that journey end yeah you know what what's what's the goal of that journey where is it taking you what, what are you focused on I on used journey? to be I used to be one of those people that was like I'm I'm on my healing path I'm I'm on a journey of finding peace and stuff like that and now I'm like I just want to live like a like a fulfilling life I don't and it was because when somebody had asked me what does the destination look like to you when I said oh I'm on I'm on the journey to healing and they said well what does the what does the destination look like I literally was sitting there like I don't fucking know I've never thought of that yeah, that's why and I, so I think it's it's silly that we call it a healing journey because then so many people just start to focus on a light at the end of the tunnel yeah and they're not even in a tunnel they're on planet earth living life 
and yeah. they don't even know what their end goal is. Um, the, or it's like, go buy the shadow work journal. And it's like, well, yes! how many oh people God. buy it and, and don't actually fill it out? But it was like, well, this is a resource that's important mm -hmm. in my journey. But you, you in the whole like... Uh, or they do and it brings them nothing. And in the whole like idea of journey, path and this and that, it's like you're, you got to go back to yourself. You can't, you yeah. can't neglect yourself really. Like you, it, it all has to happen in here. Yeah. And, and it really has to, to start w with you. Um, you know, people can only meet you where you've met yourself. And if that's in a really low point, then a lot of people are going to see you in a really mm -hmm. low light. Um, there's a saying by Alan Watts that says that the, the whole like purpose of dance is not to just think about like, well, where, where am I going to land? It's, it's the dance itself. The experience the, of the it. The purpose of an orchestra playing isn't, isn't reaching the end. It's what they're doing. It's yeah. the, the whole. It's a human itself. experience. That's, that's one thing that I am trying to bring back with myself. And that sounds like such a, I don't even know. That sounds like such a, we're all just people living. I mean, we really are just tiny little specks living on a planet, paying fucking taxes, you know, in this grandiose universe. Significant speck, a, a speck that, you know, there, there's more percentage leaning towards you shouldn't exist than there is towards yeah. you existing. And I, I'm trying to find just that human existence, a human experience within myself, you know, and I've noticed that I've been able to, so like, okay, fall, autumn, whatever you call it, I love that season. And I'm, I, like I said, when I, when I feel things, I feel them very passionately. And so tiny little things that are just everyday things, like we have um, right behind our fence in our backyard, we have this massive willow tree. And one of my absolute favorite things is when autumn is coming, the little bushes around the, uh, the willow tree turn to like orange and, you know, red. And it's so beautiful to me that sometimes they actually get emotional looking at it, especially when the willow tree is like swaying and stuff like that. And then I'm, I, I start thinking... Oh, why am I getting emotional over this? And I, I start like doing that negative self-talk, but then I've been, I've been reminding myself like, this is the you, human you've experience. You've been conditioned to see it as a tree. Yeah. And it's and like, it's not just it's, a tree. It's, it's, a, a, it's a tree. Yeah. It, it, it's a great teacher. They hold a lot of wisdom and in I've, the same way that during the winter, they start letting go of their leaves. People yeah. start saying like, oh, seasonal depression times about to like come fucking kick the door down. It's like, well, look all around you. Like, There's the, the so... whole world is is going through this change. It's letting go of what it no longer needs. Yeah. And then the springtime comes, and and what happens? Exactly. It all just renews itself. And to think that we're separate from that cycle is is kind of silly. No, really. And I I was just talking um, to our friend Dante um, about how I'm not. A religious person I don't feel like I don't feel like that that fits me anymore you know I used to try to like I used to try to shove myself into the Christian mold or what I thought Christianity was and it's just not for me religion is not for me um, but I feel like I'm a spiritual person 
And to me, I always tell my friends, like, you are life. Life is you. You are everything around you and everything around you is you. You know, like when my friends, you know, are like, oh my gosh, I went to the park and, you know, we saw this big, beautiful tree that's been around for hundreds of years. I'm like, isn't it so awesome that like you're just as unique as that tree? Like that's, you know, and it gets me so excited thinking about that and how in touch we are or could be with nature if we just brought back Put, put the electronics down and bring back the human experience. The, you know, seeing an, seeing an old person walking on the street with a little umbrella. I get so emotional because I'm just like, I, I start thinking like, what kind of life have you lived? Like, what have you experienced? You know, it just things like that, that normally it's especially growing up. It was like, oh, that's, it's just a, it's just an old man walking down the road. It's not a big deal, you know, but now it's just like pausing and taking a moment to just feel your feelings and sit in that moment and just be like this. I, I really enjoy this. This it's, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just the human experience. And I am really big on that. I wish we could just bring it back where we all allow ourselves to notice things that are going on around us that we wouldn't typically notice or you know, have those moments in time where we're feeling that genuine peace, we're feeling that genuine joy. And and those are the things that we're holding on to, not how many people like your picture or not what so-and-so drink at their favorite coffee shop and things like that, you know, like just little, little baby moments, you know, and those, those are, those are big to me, I feel like especially more so now because I'm trying so hard to just get back to myself, you know? And I'm realizing that things that I used to think were lame or uncool but still brought up emotion in me, I just tucked them down and was like, I don't know why I'm feeling this, you know, but it's fucking lame. It's not cool to like this shit. You're rebuilding that dam that keeps breaking emotionally. Yeah, and so now I'm like... I'm trying to just like get back to myself and just be like, no, you know what? Fuck you. I, I do like when the leaves change and it does kind of make me emotional sometimes because I think it's so beautiful and I just want to st- sit here and stare at it. I just like, you know, like the people and sometimes when I watch movies and they've got the people who are sitting in the parks, they're not on their phones. They're just looking. They're just bird watching or things like that. And I'm like, you look so happy. You just look, I like, that just looks like so much fun, you know? And so now when I see random birds on my fence or whatever, I'll stare at my back door or stand at my back door just staring out the window. Like, that's cool. They have a lot to teach you as well. There's a lot of wisdom, a lot of things that aren't human Mm -hmm. carry. And it's funny because we think we're the ones that are, like so evolved uh, uh, we we are the exception that um, a lot of these things don't apply to us mm-hmm. a lot of the laws of nature don't apply to us the universe applies to everything except for for ourselves I mean yeah. when we die they they fill you up with fluids and they then they charge your family a shit ton of money so they can go look at you in an open casket 
Mm-hmm. It's no longer about it, it. It's it's how much money are you gonna spend on this coffin? Yeah. When like me, I'm totally okay with just wrap me up in some sort of like hemp fiber or something and return me to the earth because that's that's where I came from. Same. That's where all of this stuff. Have you from. seen those where um they'll there's two different things that I've seen. One where they will pretty much like turn you into a tree, pretty much. You like you get I don't fucking know how it works, but your body decomposes naturally and then they give you a tree planted in I don't know, something something with your body parts, you know? Um, obviously it's all decomposed and stuff like that. But then there's another thing that I saw where they pretty much put you in a box, right? Um, and they just let you sit there and decompose and they mix up all the, they mix up all the dirt and the soil and everything like that. And then they give your family the soil that has you in it. And so your family can just take the dirt home and grow plants, grow new life with it. And I think that's so fucking cool I mean, I don't think people should have to pay for that. I think you should just be able to just like well, yeah, the birds die and become when they die. They yeah, just become like, the flowers. Yeah, and I wish I I would love if somebody was just like dig a hole. <laughs> That's it. You don't you don't even gotta wrap me up. Just dig a hole and toss me in, you know? Um but yeah, it's I I definitely agree. I think I think we're all connected and I think it's selfish to think that we're so we're separate but yeah we're so separated from the earth and it's like look at the cycles of literally anything it's it's a circle it's all connected we're all connected and i think it's a i think it's a very selfish point of view to say that being human is to be superior to anything else in the universe and it's like, what do they say? Um, like you're made of stardust and well, stuff. You, you are. I and I love that. And, like, and every time you breathe out, you you also start existing in those trees and those plants. And isn't that crazy? I feel like that's so cool. It just like, and it comforts you. It comforts you to know that, like, that. Like, like what you said, you know, like you're not just a speck. If you're a very significant speck, you have you're, significance. You're, you're significant despite being bipolar, despite yeah, being like, depressed, despite whatever your childhood may, may have looked like. You're a whole, you're a whole teeny tiny little speck on a planet with a whole life and a whole experience and a whole, like life cycle and you are having all of these moments and you know you're you're experiencing all of these different emotions and events and there's a there's a lot to that there's a lot to a single person's life and I feel especially for me it can be very hard to remember that sometimes that my life holds significance And I feel like that's something that we should, I feel like that's a good thing that we should all think about, that we should all take home with us. We should all stop and say, just like stop ourselves from saying, I don't matter. I'm not significant. I'm not, I'm, I'm undeserving, you know, things like that. I feel like we should all just 
look at ourselves as the significant people that we are, you know, as the significant life that we are. And I feel like we would actually all probably be just a smidgen happier, you know? Um, and yeah, I just, I think it, the human experience, I, I think we should all just go back to that and be earth loving, tree hugging, earth loving people. Do you want to learn something I learned doing ketamine therapy? I always want to learn. Um, so I, I signed up for, um, like ketamine therapy, which was in a clinical setting. So I had medics on hand. I had a nurse, um, convinced that she was like an angel or something because she was just like this really nice older lady Mm -hmm. um took her time to to talk to me and be like well like how do you feel about this and then i was like well i've done psychedelics before and they're they're pretty uh important and like sacred to me because i i i have learned a lot from them Mm -hmm. and i was just like i just haven't done it in this kind of environment because uh, most of the times people think of like mushrooms, it's a party or something. Yeah. And it's like, well, um, you know, you're still getting something from them, but you're not really paying them the respect that they deserve because it's like the flesh of the earth that you're consuming. And, you know, you're running around Circle K to get some Modellos instead of like really sitting with yourself. Yeah. You're out at a party just tripping and, and drinking. But the ketamine uh, again was in a more controlled environment mm-hmm. um so i just i brought like an eye mask like a weighted eye mask a blanket um they can't they come and inject you with it so they do two injections uh, so they just split your dose in half and i went all the way up to 180 milligrams and i remember on one of my higher doses i think it was the like 120 or the one no it was the 140 um, existence just completely shattered to me. Um, like the fabric of existence was just being stretched and torn. And I started to realize like, I am, I'm, I'm made out of the fabric of of existence. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, that, that's what everything is, is, is like, it's existence. Little strings woven together. Infinitely, infinitely. Mm Mm-hmm in infinitely different ways. So as me, as you, as that lamp, as your kids, as your dogs, like we're all made out of the same fabric. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the fabric of existence. And I remember um, th- these are like really intense um, like treatments. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling the nurse, I was like, it's crazy to tell people like, yeah, I just, get injected with ketamine in a clinical setting and I trip, but I'm not really tripping. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, uh, I'm a hundred percent under the influence of like a psychedelic, but it's not like I'm not running around, you know, trying to see what a hot Cheeto like smells like if I throw it at the hallway and I paint it yellow. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like not the typical like acid trip or something where you're just running around like, you know, being silly, which, you know, that's still, that's still fun and okay. But this was really focused on like doing a lot of like work and a lot of like yeah, a lot of inner work into into yourself. And I would come back and I would feel completely different. Um, I would be thinking about a lot of like what I learned and a lot of like what what would come to me during these things. 
and then uh, I would have to have someone take me home because mm -hmm. the effects would still carry over a bit. And then I'm like, wow, I just went into this void of like existence and then suddenly, what the fuck is a truck? Yeah. What the, what the <laughs> fuck is a hamburger? What like yeah. what, what is this restaurant that I'm about to go to? And I'm just like, wow, that I'm like a lot of this stuff just isn't for me. Um, yeah. I, 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 I no longer work in IT. I no longer do any of that like, you know, big money kind of work because I'm like, so what? Yeah. Like, like really, if 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 money was the goal, then all the people I I know making six figures would would be completely happy. But a lot that of them aren't. People on earth. Because yeah. it's like, well, I still have the same problem of overspending. I'm like, yeah. Well, then go get another job that makes you more money. Then because that's what you're gonna end up doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I I start to look at a lot of these things, and I'm like, well, a lot of this is is really silly. Like. It just remember remember what you are like i'm I'm a person I think it's it's very important for for people to start realizing um especially when when it comes to the term like success mm -hmm. it's almost like a a void because a lot of people don't know what they're chasing. They start to understand other people's interpretations of success yeah. where it says, "Well, I don't have a degree." So I'm not successful. Mm -hmm. So I'm instantly just going to completely ignore the fact that I'm alive because I don't have a college degree yeah. and because so-and-so is not giving me their approval. Or, well, my friends are making a lot more money than me, so they're more successful, but little do you know they're on the brink of divorce yeah. because they're having financial issues. Yeah. And again, like comparison is, is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. You start to look at other things, and then you start to define success based on that. But it's it's really not. Success is a, a silly thing. You yeah. Know, a, a, a good life is a life lived, not one that, that is bragging about, well, I made this much money, but, you know, it did require me to spend 50 hours a week behind a desk in a building with no windows. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because I'm like, well, you, you didn't see the, the change of seasons. I remember... Mm -hmm in the military um like we worked in secure buildings because of the information we would handle and with my work schedule there was one day i drove home because I, I managed to get out early and i felt sad because i was like i did not even see the leaves change colors mm -hmm. because i've been inside the entire time because i've been working so much but I'm going to base my success off of this little award that they're going to give me. But I just missed out on so much life because mm -hmm. I'm so focused on this kind of work, chasing a, an idea of success that I'm not even sure on. It, like, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you that I had faith in that idea yeah. of success because I, I had no, no clue uh, really what, where that was leading me to, what that meant, what, what that looked like. And... It, it kind of broke my heart that like, damn, like I missed seeing the leaves change colors. And it's not like it happens like in five hours and it's no. like, damn, like you, you missed it. Sorry. Like, it's not like a solar eclipse, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a process. Yeah. It, it starts one day and then all of a sudden all the leaves are on the ground and the trees are preparing for new life to enter. But then I just, I missed all of that. Yeah. 
And I was like, damn, is what I'm doing really, really worth it? Yeah. And that's when I started to think more about, like, what do I want to do with my life, really? Mm -hmm. Like, what what am I going to chase after? And I would tell people, and they're like, well, you have to get a job when you get out. Or like, oh, bro, like, you're working with, like, information and IT, so you can easily get, like, a six-figure job. And it's like, well, what if I, what if I don't want to do that? I was like, well, I, I really don't, I really don't care. I don't, yeah. I don't want that. I, I was a contractor after I got out, and I thought making more money was gonna fix all these issues, and mm-hmm. it really didn't. Um, I, I started drinking more. Mm-hmm. Um, I started going back to the habit of spending money to to feel better Mm -hmm. um instead of taking antidepressants i was giving away dollar bills trying to be like give me something in return like you know give me like a brand new xbox and i'll for sure feel better but that that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. and it started being i was really just chasing the idea of success and i could not define it for you i could not paint a picture uh, over it for you because I had no idea what it was. Yeah, same. That's and, earlier when I was talking about like fitting in that mold and wanting the success of other people and stuff like that, it it took a long time for me to realize that like my success looks like my family. You know, my success looks like what I'm doing with the podcast. My success looks like my life that I'm leading, you know, and like I said earlier, success looks different for everyone. And when I was trying to squeeze myself into the mold and my, I, my success at that time was whatever I noticed was success for my friends or for my family. And then it took me, you know, looking at it and being like, well, I don't, I don't actually really want that. You know, I, I want what I have now. And to me, I think I think it's enough. Honestly, I have like five dollars and two cents in my bank account, but I feel so rich because I can go out to my garden and I can pick a tomato and eat it. And, and you did that. You grew that. Well, it wasn't just me, but it was an entire system mm-hmm. of, of other things working together. I noticed the a spider uh, made a web in between like two of the stems of the tomato plants. And I was like, well, thank you, because I know that you are feeding off of things that are trying to eat these tomatoes. And here I am, like, enjoying the fruits of, like, an ecosystem Mm -hmm. and seeing the cycle of life because I have some of my tomato leaves are dying. And instead of picking them up and, like, you know, be like, oh, well, these are dead leaves, like, throw them in the trash. Like, no, they they still have, even without life, they still have a lot to offer because... Mm -hmm from their death they're going to create more life they're going to break down they're going to rejoin the soil in which they came from and provide nutrients to the next generation Mm -hmm. uh, of leaves from this tomato plant Um, and then i get to do that all while like looking at the sun while feeling the wind while being in the shade of the tree and i start to realize like it's so crazy that i have so much uh, there was so much value that I would put on a piece of, piece of cloth that had like George Washington or whatever, Benjamin Franklin, whatever denomination of, of, of dollar bill or currency you want to put. And I was treating that as more valuable than, than anything else mm-hmm. in the world. But, you know, when, when you're cold and you're hungry, 
and you can't go buy stuff because the internet's down so Walmart can't process your payment. It's like, okay, well then what's that stack of money going to do for you? Yeah. And that that's where I feel wealth is when I walk the backyard without my shoes on and I could feel the grass and I could feel the dirt and I could feel the change in temperature and when I could see my plants growing, when I see bees going up to my to my plants and I'm like this is this is so cool like this every day is I'd much rather do this mm -hmm. than to be worried about how many like digits or what numbers are represented on an app that my bank owns. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I understand the, the reality that like we've made money a, a, a serious thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was just about to say, it, I was it like, really I, just, it, it's, I like to enjoy the simple. I mean, I, I really enjoy when my bank account isn't in the negative, but I, where I can, I also like to enjoy the slower, simpler things because they're just as important. They, they're, if not more important, you know, and I feel like right now there's, there's a good balance in my life because unfortunately the way that the world is, is like you have to depend on money for things, you know, and I hate that. I hate that so much. So I, I do enjoy having money in my account, but I also enjoy not having to spend it because I can make something instead, you know, oh, yeah. if, that, love, if that makes I sense. Love like making bread at home. It's me too. Like, I, I looked at it as, okay, well, let me spend $15 and get all this stuff. Instead of spending like $60 on professional made whatever. Do you make sourdough? Uh, I haven't yet. Um, I do make artisan bread. Me too. And We're twins, Danny. <laughs> identical, by the way. Yeah. Um, Can't you tell? I, I like whenever I go to the grocery store and I look at the ingredient list, and I'm like, I'm reading like I'm reading like a passage from the Bible for on real? this thing Stuff or that's something. Stuff that's gonna make like, it sit is... there for months. And I'm like, no, I I want my bread to get moldy because like. That it means, means that healthy. there's bacteria that is like, oh, this shit is pretty fucking good. Let's feast yeah. on it yeah. before these guys do. Yeah. And like I was telling my girlfriend, like when I'm baking bread, I feel like an alchemist because <laughs> I, have, Me too. I have flour that came from grain. I have water. Um, I have honey. I have salt. I have yeast. And then I mix all these things together. A couple hours later, I have bread and I could split it with people. Yeah. And be like, if you're hungry, here's a piece because this really did not cost me anything to make. No, I love, especially as gifts, I love making bread. I love making salsa. I I mostly make artisan breads, but occasionally I dabble in the focaccia. I fucking love that shit. It's so good. But no, when I'm making bread too, I'm just like, look at me baking in my kitchen and I'm using science and I like, I feel so cool. And it's, it's so much more rewarding than just going to a bakery and buying an expensive ass loaf of bread that they marked up to 10 fucking dollars because it's a special artisan bread. And it's like, I'm going to make that at home and gonna I'm going to make better. cool colors to paint on it with so I can personalize it for my people. Yeah. And it's going to taste significantly better it's going to be fresh and it's going to be rich and it's going to be fulfilling and then you get to see your friends spread the warm butter and they're like oh my god this is so good and it's so rewarding it's just it's so rewarding why well, I, I say friends like uh, most of the time it's me spreading the butter and enjoy, enjoying the bread 
me and the kids. That's, that's, but yeah, and, that's and, enough for me. I'm like, I made this shit, and it's so fucking good, and it brought me happiness, and it cost me a fraction of the price. So, like, like I said, where I can, I make it. Like for uh, my sister this year for Christmas, I really wanted to get her a quilt, but puff quilts are fucking expensive. So I thought to myself, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy all this shit because I hyper-focused on it. So there's no talking me out of it. I'm going to go get everything that I need. I'm going to make this fucking blanket myself. And although I got burned out halfway through the project and had to force myself to finish the last half of it, seeing her reaction from something that I made that I learned how to make specifically for her and seeing how much she loved my love that I put into it. It was so rewarding, you know, and I was telling Zach, you know, like, I'm just going to start like making as much as I can, you know, because I enjoy the homemade stuff. I enjoy the DIYs and, you know, people that put their heart and soul into things instead of just like going and buying it from somebody else, you know, like obviously when you're shopping small and stuff like that, you you are shopping from people who like pour their passion into their art. Um, but I am also the kind of person I shop from people like that, but then also where I can, I try to learn how to do it myself. Um, and so, yeah, but like, I, I also feel like a little scientist in the kitchen and it's just it, it feels great because um you're you're going back to the roots of, yeah. of being a human i spent a lot of my uh i spent a lot of time of my childhood in mexico and i would remember seeing like uh, so many people there like hand making their own tortillas and um had some family members where they had a tortilla factory and like they would just sit there doing this all day and I remember as a kid they were like some of my favorite people to visit because I would be like yes like let's go like make a tortilla and then they'd be like oh here's some here's some flour like here's some dough like just pat it out and then we'll heat it up for you and then we'll put a little salt on it and that that's a snack for you and mm -hmm. I saw the, the the value of all that stuff yeah. um, there's this one guy in the town of Etzatlan where my dad's from and he makes these little candies called borrachitos and they're they're really good but like seeing him make them i was like they taste 10 times better that i'm like it just it, it looks so like nice seeing like the hands that are making all this stuff compared to like oh yeah like i can manufacture a million of them in like two days with all my machines but i'm like where's where's the love from it like yeah. where's where's the like the craftsmanship in it mm -hmm. like you're missing out on a lot of that stuff and I look at countries that we a lot of times as Americans like talk shit on or look down on and I'm like imagine if being a baker here could really be an actual career like it yeah. is in, in like Europe or imagine going to a guy where it's like hey man like I'm having a party and I'm like this guy told me this wine was good like can you recommend me like some cheese to go with it or go into a florist that will actually design you like a really beautiful bouquet for someone you love because that's what they their expertise is and that's where their passion is yeah. in. But here it's like fucking Walmart and H E B and whatever grocery store like dominate your world. Mm -hmm. And 
no one really has any relationship with no, you and, and, and what really they're selling. it's really hard to find the the smaller people in the mix, you know? And I I 100% agree with that so much. And I feel like like life would just be better if we could if we could celebrate the art well, and the you, passion you, you and can't and celebrate it and a well, lot I mean, of that like, is like on, on get the rid of get rid of the grocery stores you know and stuff like that like I don't know and but yeah I I I agree with that I feel like anything that is made with heart and with passion it just like it is it means more you know and there's more love in it and I know that like I can make the same recipe that my sister makes for her food, it's not going to taste the same. Because when my sister's in the kitchen, when I'm at her house and she's cooking, we're having these deep conversations and we're laughing and we're crying and we're smiling, you know, and she's cooking up the food and everything like that. And the food tastes so much better. And then I'll go home and I'll try to recreate it. And it's just like, it's not the same. You know, it doesn't taste as good as hers, but it's because... There was that personal connection. There was that human experience of just being in the kitchen with your sister and laughing and having all these good times and memories and stuff like that. And it's literally, it's missing the love, you know, that's, that's there and the, and the connection and the, that moment, you know, and I feel like we all need to try to go back to that as much as we can, because it makes it makes life so much more fulfilling. It makes moments so, so much more meaningful. And again, like I said earlier, like if, if, if we can find a way, even, even if it's just here and there, you know, it doesn't have to be constant, even if it's just here and there, or as much as you can going back to little moments like that, or, or intentionally having moments like that, celebrating those moments, I feel like it would do our society so good, you know? And then, like, I... Talking about seeing how things are in, like, different countries and stuff like that, when you also pay attention to, like, everyone, you know, says a lot, like, oh, well, we have this and we have that and they don't. And it's like, they don't even give a shit. They don't give a fuck that they don't have that because they have family, they have connection, They're, they have experience, they have tradition and culture and, you know, all of the, they don't give a shit that they're not as advanced as America. They are happy, you know, having a relationship where they're, tra- they're trading cheese for bread, which is actually, I wish I could like learn how to make cheese. You know, that's something that I'm at some point in my life, I would like to master at least mozzarella or something, you know, but they, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck what they're missing out on here because where they're at, they are surrounded by love. They're just existing and they're just living. And I love that. I love that so fucking much. I think you were bringing up like your sister's recipe of like, well, the difference is like the love she puts in it. And I, I that's really a, a big hint towards like, what we need to put into ourselves mm-hmm. when we start feeling like, oh, well, I'm bipolar, so, like, life is just going to be this way. Well, bipolar <coughs> doesn't stop you from feeling love. 
or giving it. Um, and I've told you before, like I, I, when I when I first was told I was bipolar, like I went into a very typical, like oh I'm doomed sort of sense. And it, it's genuinely something that, that I love about myself mm -hmm. because it, it allows me to experience so much. It allows me to recognize, like, oh, emotions are a very real thing. What, what am I going to do with them? Where, where is my power? Is my power in how I react to things or how I, like, can stop and, and think about things? Um, and in a positive light, too, when I feel good, like, I feel good in a really strong sense mm -hmm. because of the bipolar. Yeah. And it, it's no longer an evil thing where I'm like, well, I'm bipolar, so, like, I'm sorry that I can't do this. Or I'm bipolar, so, like, this is a depressive episode and just deal with it. When I, and whenever I do still have my depressive episodes, I'm still very thankful for them. Mm -hmm. Because they're time for me to really put a lot of my attention on, on things that I need to, for me to slow down and be like, okay, buddy, like, why are you feeling this way? Yeah. And it, it, it's the idea that like being bipolar is a problem. It doesn't even exist for me anymore because I'm like, well, instead of trying to separate myself or be like, well, I got to get rid of it. I'm like, well, no, it's, it's not it's part of you. It's a piece of me. It, it does not in any way like have to create a definition of, mm -hmm. of who I am, but it's definitely something that I've come to appreciate and, and really enjoy because there is a lot that comes with it that, that does teach you well and that does honestly make life pretty good once you actually, you know, get over that initial hump of like life is doomed because I'm bipolar. People Everything think I'm crazy. Everything is doom and gloom. We all will. Anyone with any mental health issue, crisis, disorder, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it, I feel like everyone at some point can can work through it enough to at least coexist with it and not have it be something that's ruining their lives, you know? I feel like that's a, that's a good way to end it. Yeah. I hope I everyone is able to just work through their shit and be happy people and live a simple life and maybe one day not have to pay taxes. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> well, we are going to end it there. Um, as usual, I am on Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, and there's one more. Oh, YouTube, obviously. Um, if you're not already subscribed, please do so. Also, additionally, on Spotify, you can participate in the listener support. I'm currently working towards my goal of getting a laptop for me to be able to edit all of my stuff on. No pressure. You don't have to participate. If you do want to participate, I greatly appreciate it. This is my friend Danny. Everyone thank him for being here. I will link all of his information in the description so you can go check out what he's doing with his life. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Stay cool.